0: This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving anywhere. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box,
1: the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. Bill with Rob Gilbert and... Welcome back to the studio, Michael Edgley. We're going to chat to Edge very soon and hear all about his uh, fabulous trip to Europe, covering, uh, well, not covering, but supporting with uh, a huge entourage, the uh, the Matildas at the World Cup. But first edition news with Willem van Dender, and shortly off the top, though, the excitement of the FFA Cup round of 32 <laughs> returned with a bang this week. Moreland Zebris Juventus beating moreland. UV. U-V. In a, in U-V. A, in, a, in a thriller. President Joe Sala joins us to share the excitement and with the A-League Independence a lifeline for Wellington Phoenix Sky Sports New Zealand. Very excited about the, uh, the future of Wellington. Jason Pine, then Edge and I, and Willem will go through the entire round of 32 for the FFA Cup. In the second hour, as we always do, Willem will kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroos and Matilda Central. I think Pararoos Central we say farewell to now that's all done. And then Adelaide United's Michael Jakobsen joins us to talk about the new gaffer there, Jan Verbeek, and, uh, and some off-season changes at the club. We'll get into the European action. That's only a couple of weeks away with the championship and wrap it up with a, well, Stoppage time, as we always do. Michael, it's good to see you back. You're looking well. You're looking healthy, fit. Um, just, I mean, you, you do so, so many of these trips. Do you ever lose the excitement of, of going on these big trips, mate?
2: Not at all, no. Look, the, the World Cup's are uh, just fantastic events, both male and, and uh, female. The, the Women's World Cup is, is very different to the Men's World Cup. Um, but they are, like, um, extremely rewarding experiences. They're very happy times, um, uh and you are
1: privileged to go with the beautiful Angela, your uh Yeah, that's right. Daughter. I took
2: my 18-year-old daughter for the first time, so she got to experience uh, what Dad's been doing for the last uh, sort of 13, 14 years. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun.
1: No wonder you look so healthy, you see. She probably kept you, Dad, you can't eat that. That's no, enough beer. That's enough that's, wine.
2: No, that's right. Well, well, she's got a couple of... Uh, Eating uh, issues in terms of food exclusions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. she was let off the leash and uh, she, she had Very a great nice. time. I think uh, she consumed her body weight in cheese, <laughs> but it was fantastic <laughs> and um, a, a really—I mean, I've spoken about it on the show previously. A, a real privilege to see the event and uh, the way it finished, and mm. really the power and um, uh, expertise of the Americans was—you know—was was there for everyone to see.
1: Well, we'll um, probably talk more about the Matildas and, and where to from here uh, in other shows, um, but uh, we've got a big lineup tonight. So, Willem, you got a fair bit of news to get us uh, started, mate. Eh?
3: G'day, Rob. Welcome back, Michael. Melbourne Victory have bolstered their attacking stocks, signing Socceroos Robbie Cruz and Andrew Naboot. Cruz has signed a two-year deal to return to the club, where he ignited his career between 2009 and 2011. He'll be joined by another victory old boy in Naboot, who spent the last 16 months in Japan with Urua Red Diamonds. Boys, a couple of big statement signings there from Michael Kurz.
2: Fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, some of the um, masterminds on soccer Twitter have uh, been ripping into the, the recruitment of Robbie Cruz, but um, let's just put it into perspective. These two players were starting players for Australia at our last World cup hitouts uh, in russia <clears throat> Cruz has a massive reputation within the national setup in terms of his engine and capacity and Naboot was um, such an exciting uh, well he was always a favorite
1: player at the victory and uh, and when naboot left uh, uh, was well I think Kevin Musk had let him go to to Newcastle yeah, and he had a big point to prove he but, did. Um, it's um, it's great to see him back. I always liked him as a player. I Always found he was opportunistic, had pace when he was victory. Yeah,
2: well, so. He scores good goals. Mm. You know, I mean, he's he's not uh, he's not to be taken lightly. So all of a sudden, Robbie Cruz, uh, Andrew Naboot, and don't forget Ola Toivonen, mm. uh, their forward three uh, looks you know really really impressive, and uh, they've mm. got Cam Sober as a backup. And I mean, there's lots. To look forward to for Melbourne victory, the the, the coach we know is a good coach, yeah. Marco Cruz. So um, yeah, for the first season post Kevin
1: Muscat in the history of the club. That's right,
2: yeah. It's I mean um, there's a lot to look forward to for victory fans. I think those signings are excellent. The A League draw for the 2019-20
3: season is still yet to be released, with kickoff less than three months away. It's believed the first draft was knocked back by a couple of unhappy clubs, and the negotiations are ongoing with potential free-to-air partners. Clubs will play just 26 matches across 29 weeks in the new 11-team competition. Michael, my question for you, in the past, the FFA would be behind putting together this fixture. Who's doing it now?
2: Well, it's the same thing. Gregor Rourke and his team has been leading it. um, But uh, the clubs, uh, obviously, under this new... Arrangement, Uh, the clubs are having more of a say. That's why it's uh, been delayed. And and don't forget, there's added complexity with the eleventh team in the competition, creating a buy and how to handle that. And uh, and uh, obviously um, that's been a big issue. So I mean, everyone's looking forward to it. Don't forget, there's still a fair bit of water to go under the bridge. Um, KPMG are currently doing a a process where they're uh, ensuring that once the A League split from the FFA, the FFA financially are no worse off. There's a a, a, there's a a definition in their in their sort of heads of agreement called stranded costs, believe it or not, mm-hmm. which are the the costs associated with the the splitting up of the, the of the FFA's uh, A League, you know, splitting away and
1: um, people that might need to be made redundant. But it's, you,
2: there's no, all no worse
1: off. I mean, the the FFA have to be worse off uh, because the money's moving over to the A League.
2: Yeah, well, the A League clubs are actually going to carry uh, quite a few extra costs uh, initially while this uh, sort of split goes, but uh, no worse off as a definition, as I understand it, means that that the core revenue associated with running grassroots uh, football and also the national teams is not eroded in any way. So KPMG's been given the task of actually defining that mm-hmm. um, and obviously there'd be a lot of people, I would assume, and I'm sure you do too, mm. there would be a lot of people at the uh, FFA who work in multiple responsibilities, you know, they might, for example in ticketing work for the for the federation when the Socceroos are again, game, but they also work mm-hmm. in ticketing when the A-League finals are on yeah. so yeah. Th- there's all of those sorts of definitions to go through, who sits where with um, what job and I uh, understand that, it, that initially uh, the A-League clubs wanted to move the organisation to Melbourne um, but that was Obviously, going to be way too expensive, and they're they're actually going to stay in the same building as the FFA, in college, yeah, in Collins Street. So college. obviously, there'll be um, uh, quite a process to uh, to unearth, and it's probably going to take a year or two to settle in. And uh, my mail is that Gregor Walk will be given the uh, job of uh, leading up the new A yeah. League. Uh, So, continuing on in his normal role, but obviously reporting to the the new independent board.
3: Alessandro Diamanti has become Western United's 20th signing as they close in on finalising their inaugural squad. 36 year old Diamanti arrived in Australia on Tuesday and began training yesterday. He has 17 caps for Italy and is a veteran of the Serie A, scoring 33 goals in 200 games. He also spent time at West Ham, where he scored seven goals from 28 games. A good signing. I think they've got a a really nice blend of old, young, and middle aged players, if you like. Yeah,
1: we haven't seen a lot of um, Italian
3: players you know, he's good done really well. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's a good player he's, He he, he nearly came before. Uh, he's nearly been here once before. I think mm.
3: Victor inquired in 2014 and yeah. asked to get a bit of the
2: marquee fund, but he was knocked back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a big signing. Um, yeah, Western United the squad's coming together okay.
3: I must also eat my words a little bit. I was critical of the name and the colours, but the kit looks absolutely fantastic. It nice, does. clean. Yeah, I'm sponsor. still critical
2: yeah. of the name though, because yeah, you know, Western United. What's it mean? Yeah. yeah, not a great deal. But I think the logo looks really good on the on yeah. the kit as and well. What, what does any name
1: mean until it's got some? Well, th- it's,
2: it's got to have some geography in it. Western United. Well, well they
1: well, could it, be playing in Broken Hill, for we know. Well, mate, Western Bulldogs, Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, that's um, Western Sydney. Makes okay. sense. Well, could have been Western Melbourne United. Well,
2: anyway. just the point of view, Rob. <laughs> I don't want to harp on about it at yeah. all. No, you won't
1: harp on about anything.
3: <laughs> Australia's, or the Joeys, the under-16s, are about to commence the ASEAN under-16 championship in Thailand. Coached by Trevor Morgan, the Joeys will face five sides, starting with Cambodia on July 28 and Laos two days later. So it's a 10-team tournament with five in each pool. The two best from each pool go through to the semifinals. And the long-term view is that this group of under-16s will compete at the 2021 Under-17s World Cup.
2: Now, uh, we've got to point out a couple of things about this. this is uh, quite interesting, actually, just for uh, fans of... Uh obviously the national teams. The under-17 World Cups ha- actually happens every two years. So mm. it's not a four-year mm. cycle. Um, so there's actually... Trevor Morgan's going to be the busiest bloke in uh, the Federation over the next six months because he's got two teams to repair. So he's, he's currently in Thailand with the under-15s, which are the 20... 20- uh, 21 uh, World Cup guys. But he's also preparing um, the current under-17s who are going to the World Cup this year in Brazil mm-hmm. in October. So he's got two squads to deal with. And um, the male is he's very happy with this, uh, This effectively the Australian under-15 team uh, mm-hmm. who are playing in this tournament in Thailand coming up. Um, some very, very uh, good boys apparently. And uh, it's, it's a, a great opportunity. It's obviously uh, Trevor's first... Um, Sojourn in in this role So um, yeah I mean we'll be watching with great interest Hopefully we haven't heard yet But hopefully these games will be streamed Most of them are Uh, Chonburi uh, which is about an hour south of Bangkok in Thailand Has been hosting a lot of these types of tournaments It's where the young Matildas will be playing Later in the year in uh, September, October In their 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 qualification tournament as well. Busy times ahead, Michael.
1: Uh, park a few of those stories for us, Will, until the next hour, um, because after the break, uh, the excitement uh, as we let off the top with of uh, the round of 32 in the FFA Cup was there for all to see at the uh, the Veneto Club when um, the the mighty Moreland Juventus. Is, they've been known by different names, but they've always played. It's been Brunswick, played in Brunswick the Juventus. They've been bulline Zebras, Whittlesea yeah. Zebras. They've they're... always played in, the in the black, black and, white. and they've always been UV and sponsored by Mirabella pretty much all the way through so that's right um, Get a like globe down the, down the street it's always <laughs> Mirabella one, isn't it exactly so President uh, Joe Sulla a very excited <laughs> President Joe Sulla is going to join us next on Box to Box
0: Box to Box can you believe it the chemist warehouse home of real brands and real savings and storage king the king of storage moving and more and this could be the most crucial goal of all so welcome back to Box to Box on NDS News Talk
1: Sport we've been Ranging all over the world, we uh, welcome back Michael as we open the show, talking about international stories, World Cups, all the rest of it, but... The one that we really love on a local level is this great FFA Cup. It's, uh, it's just been sprinkled with fairy dust since the competition started and it's, uh, it's one of the real success stories of, uh, of Australian football in recent years. And another one of the, the great stories emerged uh, in the last 48 hours with the Moreland Zebras winning a penalty shootout. The President, Joe Salo is on the line. Welcome to Box to Box, Joe. Thanks, boys. Thanks very much for hosting. Not at all, Joe. And, and the thing we all in football in Australia love about uh, the FFA Cup is that it really, you know, gets down to the real people in football. Not that the people at the, the top level aren't real people, but it's the it's the grassroots, isn't it?
4: Yeah, look, it is the grassroots. It's fairly humbling um, to be spoken about in, in the limelight, so to speak, but um, satisfying nonetheless. Um, I'm sure everybody craves the opportunity, and it looks like it's our turn at this stage. So we're very excited at the prospect.
2: Well just for our listeners right around australia this is joe Sala. he's one of the great guys in uh, in football he 's one of the people that have kept uh, the old national league clubs uh, flame flickering when uh, in recent times i 'm talking in the, in the last sort of decade sort of ten years ago where national league clubs weren 't the flavor of the, the month and uh, and were shunned to a certain extent but uh, people like Joe Salah have kept. The Flame Alive. Now, Joe, um, for Zebras fans or Juve fans right around Australia, and you've got fans all over Australia, it just must have been um, such a special feeling to see the black and white stripes back on the big stage. Tell me tell me how you really felt.
4: Michael, I, I was just anxious uh, beside myself, really, at the opportunity. It was a big night at Bulleen, and uh, Bulleen is obviously where we spent
2: 10 That's years, right. Bulleen, yeah.
4: Zebras. So we are um, quite happy to be back and the atmosphere was just as good as it used to be. The ground was full. Uh, there was plenty of our, our junior members there and complete with flags and uh, trumpets and so forth. So it was, a, it was a great atmosphere. So it was a little bit apprehensive, uh, apprehensive to start with. But as the game wore on, I, I got in my usual mode and to see some of the old-timers uh, hanging about and all of a sudden I consider myself to be one of those uh, <laughs> things happen with time. But nonetheless, there's quite a few that are a bit older than me still and, and some of the younger ones that um, now classify me as such. I um, was quite excited at the game, so I settled into a bit of cheering and uh, all of a sudden I could hear a chance that I, I really hadn't heard since I was a little kid and taken with Dad a couple of times to watch uh, UB play. Never quite good enough to play for him, but I certainly remember the euphoria of, uh, of a winning game. So we had that flavour yesterday and uh, the emotional roller coaster of uh, the game. To school first... To get level-pegged and then to uh, miss the first three penalties only to come back and win at 3-2 was just an emotional roller coaster but very exciting for us, very exciting. And in between, all we could hear was the Juve chant around the ground, which was sensational to hear.
2: It is great. And we've seen in the past editions of the FFA Cup, we've seen um, some traditional clubs like Heidelberg and South Melbourne and Melbourne Knights get their moment in the sunshine. So I was very happy that Juve uh, a terribly proud and... Prestigious club in Melbourne has got its opportunity. Uh, Joe, I might just get you to reflect on the journey to to date, because um, for for many years, uh, Uve was um, almost homeless, and and your administration has uh, done an awesome job. You, you focused on prioritising a home base to rebuild the club from. Can you take us through that uh, that journey and how difficult that's been, and 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 where the club's position now? Because you've got a Fantastic home base now with a tremendous uh, training facility and and you've really built the foundations for the club moving forward. So why don't you just reflect on that journey for UVA fans right around Australia?
4: Look, I will do, and thank you for that that intro. Correct you are. I mean, for Australian football, it's always been about um, facilities and and home base scenario. So it was was rather unfortunate, um, whichever way it occurred, and there is obviously a few stories as to why, but we moved north of our base in the inner city of um, you know Brunswick, Carlton, Coburg and, and went extreme north due to facilities, uh, infrastructure not being available for us, even though we're in the National League in those days. So once the club did that, there's a certain group that thought maybe it you know, wasn't the same club and, and, uh, and so forth and others said this is a new horizon, we just need to expand to better territories. So the problem is that we, we missed out along the way, various administrations missed out along the way of securing some prestigious home grounds that probably could have been ours at this stage, uh, a la Bob Jane with uh, South Melbourne and Melbourne Knights and so forth. So the generations um, went past and we sort of missed a little bit of those opportunities. And so we headed north. But um, one thing we didn't let go was our identity nor our registration number. And uh, that stayed with us all the time. And we'd never played in anything other than black and white and wouldn't allow it in any case, be they mergers or takeovers, the club maintained its dignity. I feel quite humble simply because these are some of the aspects that have been passed on me by uh, previous presidents and committeemen and people that I look up to who were, shall we say, mentors and still are, because it was my club that I supported, I, I adopted that lock stock and barrel. And as you delve deeply into it you realise that it's all true and the fact that you know we follow, like we follow AFL clubs, or like we follow basketball clubs, we follow those clubs for life. And give or take, be they good times or bad times, we've, we've got to stick and stick together. We headed north, and uh, didn't quite work out for us. We, uh, we ended up ten years um, at Bullen as Bullen Zebras and played in black and white, even though Bullen itself played in their traditional uh, burgundy colours uh, for the junior arm. But nonetheless, quite happy as gondol in there. Uh, the situation came. Obviously, that uh, Bullen were looking at it rather heavily and suggesting that two different identities looked like they were the same thing. And even though we performed quite admirably there, by run, runner-up in '97 after the merge, uh, winning winning in my first year as a sponsor, of the club uh, sorry as a sponsor of the club in '98, then again creating uh, the VPL title in 2004, which is are times that I'll never forget. And I met some very good people along the way um, from the football code. Uh, some great Australian players and coaches and so forth, Peter Odson, Joe Mullen, all names that I'd revered, uh, you know, growing up and watching on TV and reading in the newspapers. So it was a good time for us, but we just lacked that stability to be able to, um, shall we say, grow even more because the identity structure wasn't 100%. So once the 10 years had elapsed, there was a decision to be made by both, uh, by all the members whether to, again, renew our association with the Venerable Club or to move to, shall so we say, Greener Pastures. Now, Greener Pastures was, was, one of the, uh, was the only reason we left the City of Moreland um, in those days because of like, a lack of facilities and infrastructure. So once that happened, we had that ill-fated uh, trip out to... The outer north with uh, Whittlesea again as Whittlesea Rangers again in the black and white uh, jersey, and again maintaining all tra- the traditions, again with the same registration number as we've always had. So this is the club that is now migratory simply because of the, the fact that it needs to re-establish itself.
1: So, Joe, before we go on, one of the uh, the, the connections to to your long history as well, uh, it can't. Uh, uh, Go unremarked is uh, is the incredible sponsorship of uh, of Joe Mirabella and Mirabella 47 years 47 consecutive seasons of association and uh, you know despite yep. the fact that you've had to move from one place to the next uh, it's got to be said uh, as we speak to Joe Sala, president of the uh, the the Moreland Zebra's the Juventus the Bianconero in uh, the uh, afterglow of that magnificent win over Buleen, um, that uh, that it's great sponsors like Mirabella that um, that help. Clubs survive?
4: Generational sponsors. Generational, and we're talking decades, like you just rightly said, uh, Rob. Uh, the Mirabella International, certainly. Uh, the Mattioli Group, who still maintain association with us. Uh, the Metal Form Group, with Peter Bellasone, again a past president. Um, Chris Sanofsky Horton Stotts, all, all these uh, these great sponsors have been with us, joining recent additions like uh, Jeep and um, Landtrack. And all of these people that are staying long-term with us is an in indicative of uh, the faith they have in the brand and the rebranding as such uh, of uh, of the club to drive it further. But without their support, uh, I certainly wouldn't be in this role for the number of years that I have been. Uh, that's a, a mighty gratitude from me personally. But their their uh, continued support of the club is just unheralded, really, in Australian football. So you're
2: quite correct, Rob. So what about um, if you uh, get drawn in a home game uh, for the round of 16, Joe, and uh, you're lucky enough maybe to secure an A-league club, do you know where you will play the game?
4: Well, we do. we would earmark CB Smith's reserve, obviously, as yep. our home base. we would earmarked that. The trouble with uh, CB Smith is that it doesn't have, I, I believe, the correct uh, lux rating Writing, of yeah, 500. Yeah. So uh, it only rates at about 240 or something. So yeah. we
1: can speak to Mirabella about that, surely, mate. Get a few extra yeah, globes yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> We did, and he was the first one to put up his hand to see what could be done. The the fact remains that it needs to be rewired to allow for that 500. So we've locked in um, ABD Stadium out of Hume, just in case. But if we draw an MPL team in the next round, and it's not an A-League club, we're quite quite happy to accommodate them at CB Smith, which we can, technically. So we're just in the lap of the gods in that regard.
1: I I know... uh um, what, a, what a proud and wonderful moment this is but it's, the journey's not over yet mate so uh, it's, no, it's put the, the, mighty, uh, the, the mighty Zebras back up in the, in, uh, the spotlight and um, and it's uh, something that we look we just love talking about the FFA Cup uh, when uh, when the when the uh, the, the clubs like uh, yours um, get a result and then uh, and go go you know into the deep into the tournament don't we edge
2: yeah, we certainly do and uh, Joe I was um Coming back from Europe a few days ago, uh, before your game, and the old uh, Mr. Mer- Mirabella was on the plane, and he was—I uh, helped him with his Louis Vuitton luggage. <laughs> of course, I did say to him, um, "Are you come back just in time to watch the Zebras. And he said, "Yes, I have." It was fantastic. We just bumped into him in him at Tullamarine Airport, and um, and I, on behalf of uh, the many, many, many uh, UVA fans right around Australia, you're one of those clubs that uh, has them. Uh, Well done, Joe. Congratulations. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed your your moment in the spotlight and uh, let's hope uh, you get one more win in the Round of 16 and get down to the final eight. And the Juve fans right around Australia will be uh, thanking you with all their hearts, no doubt.
4: Much appreciated. We're certainly going to give it our best shake. And uh, for all the black and white supporters, uh, Australia-wide, this is the club down at uh, Hobart, Hobart Zebras, uh, people in Adelaide. I know they're all looking for us because we've all been in contact. So all the best and may the black
1: and white continue in Australia. Good on you, Joe. Well done, Joe. Thank Joe, Sala, president of uh, the mighty Morland Zebras, the uh, the Bianconero Juventus uh, of Australia, proudly carrying those uh, those black and white stripes uh, into the uh, the round of 16 of the FFA Cup. What a great story that is. Well, another good story is uh, that the Wellington Phoenix might have got a lifeline uh, with the independence of the A League. A bloke who knows all about football in New Zealand, of course, is uh, Sky Sports New Zealand commentator Jason Pine. We're going to. Talk to Jason about what that means to football in New Zealand after the break on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage King, The king of storage, moving and more. And this
1: could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, welcome back to Box to Box. As the New Zealand Herald proudly announced, the moment the Wellington Phoenix have been waiting for since 2007 arrived when... It was announced that an agreement had been reached over the future of the A-League. So whilst independence in the A-League was important for Australian clubs, it was critical for the survival of Wellington and uh, and the uh, the football public, um, no doubt, uh, are celebrating over uh, across the ditch to talk to us about it. Sky Sports New Zealand, Jason Pine. Welcome back to the show, Jason.
5: Yeah, good to chat to you, guys. Good evening.
1: Yeah, good evening, uh, Jason. And, and look... It it is exciting news. Uh, I, I personally am one of those advocates of New Zealand football being associated with uh, um, Australian football, uh, and the you know the strength of the region growing together. Both uh, international teams have, have have been you know re- relatively regular um, attendees of both the men's and women's World Cups in recent times. So. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense that um, that we'd, we'd break apart. So this this was good news all round.
5: Yeah, look, I I couldn't agree more. Obviously, the yeah the, the big positive is the uh, is the I guess almost guaranteed future now of Wellington Phoenix. That was um something that that was not guaranteed over the last few years. The you know the conditional licence being granted based on metrics that only Wellington had to reach and, and nobody else. You know the the constant reminders that uh, that crowd numbers and TV numbers and. And other you know metrics were important, and and even though um, I understand that, that Wellington were one of only a couple of clubs last year who actually increased their attendances and their television ratings, uh, it still wasn't enough to uh, avoid them having to pay a bit of a, a penalty at the end of last year, uh, up to reportedly a million dollars to Football Federation Australia to make up the shortfall. So, yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's good that, uh, that that looks as though it's in the past. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you know what the independent A League looks like, and and um, by the sounds of it, it's it's going to be a, a brave new world for for clubs on on uh, certainly your side of the Tasman and and the Wellington Phoenix as well. So yeah, happy days. I think it's, it it certainly gives the gives the club themselves the opportunity now to to do some long term planning because with that uh, uncertainty hanging over them, everything from signing players to to uh, getting sponsors into long term deals to to even attracting fans to the football club was a bit problematic. So. Uh, Hopefully, those obstacles have all now been removed. Uh,
2: Jason, was the broader New Zealand football fan, and in, in, in particular the Wellington Phoenix fan, acutely aware of the uh, precarious nature of the, of the future until this recent developments eventuated?
5: Absolutely, yeah, 100 percent, without doubt. And and many were were you know almost um, you know having a sense of inevitability about the fact that that uh, that this coming season may well be the last in, in the life of the football club. Certainly, under as I say, the metrics imposed by Football Federation Australia, there was no guarantee of a license extension. Um, depending on who you listened to and, and who you read and who you you, uh, you believed, it was it was anywhere from. From a, a very real possibility to almost a fait accompli. So, look, absolutely. Uh, Wellington Phoenix fans have been living with the the spectre of this hanging over them ever since David Gallup's um, initial comments, what well, they would have been four or five years ago, about squatting on a licence. You know, it's never gone away. Uh, it hopefully will soon, and those worries can be can be put to bed once and for all.
2: Well, um, let's talk a little bit about on the field. Um, since Mark Rudan cut and run, uh, Ufek Tale's been appointed as coach. Uh, what what can you tell us from what you've heard about how pre has kicked off and uh, in terms of the squad, um, we'll talk about Supreet Singh in a little while, but uh, what, what are you telling us out of uh, out of the club at the moment?
5: Yeah, I actually went and watched the uh, Phoenix play their first pre-season game last night it was against a, uh, a central league opposition, so effectively I guess equivalent to your state league yep. um, I guess the fairly weak side to be honest Um it up United uh, Paul Eiffel, Phoenix legend is tied up with their academy, so that's where the uh, Connection came. Uh, it was a it was a seven nil win. Um, not that the the score line really means a lot, but I was impressed with uh, with some of the players that uh, Ufuk has brought has brought to the club. Um, on Talle himself, um, I really like him. I had the opportunity to meet him a few times in media situations. and um, He's nowhere near as wordy as Mark Rudan was. Yep. I think you know Mark was uh, and still is a a, uh, a guy who um, you know who gives nice big long answers to your questions in an interview situation. Uh, Talle is a little. More reserved, but no less perceptive in his answers. Um, and I, I, you know, from all reports, the players really like him and they're looking forward to um, implementing his strategy. Yeah, some of those new players are uh, David Ball, English striker, got a couple of goals last night, looks a good prospect. Um, he actually um, touched base with Adam Lafondra before he signed for the Phoenix, and, and uh, Lafondra told him that he thought that he'd be the kind of player who would do well over here. And, well, Adam Lafondra would know after the season he had last year, so that's a, a good sign. Uh, Ulises Davila is a Mexican playmaker who also looks um, like he's got a bit about him, and, and then there have been um, recruits from uh, from other elite clubs, the likes of Josh Sotirio and, and Cameron Devlin, as well as players from the um, from the New Zealand Premiership who have performed well in their teams in the last little while. So it's there's a big change. There's a lot of uh, a lot of players have left, as we know. Um, in fact, the game last night, I think only four of the starting eleven last night were um, returnees from last year. So that just shows you how big a change there's been in personnel. Uh, but no, I think the, the feeling around, that's a very long way of saying that the feeling around the club is, is pretty, pretty positive at the moment.
1: This is Box to Box on NTS News Talks. We're talking to Sky Sports New Zealand, the voice of football in New Zealand, Jason Pine, about the, uh, the great news that um, Wellington Phoenix have uh, not only got a lifeline but a, a long life to come in the A-League. And Stephen Taylor um, appointed as captain. He's 33-year-old. He uh, he succeeded his uh, great mate, um, Andrew Durante, he, Um he looks like the kind of leader that um, that can stabilise uh, the, the club and and and, m- and maintain that consistency from the uh, from the uh, the Mark Rudan era into the the Ulfuk Tale era.
5: Yeah, he's he's the bridge really. Um, as I said before, there's there are not too many players left. Um, you know, and, and as far as captaincy candidates are concerned, the only other guy who really would have been in the conversation, I presume, would be Alex Rufa. and and he's really only just established himself in the side after a good. Uh, Good run of performances last year. Stephen Taylor's a, a, a great guy. Um, you know, very very popular with his teammates and with fans. Great in media situations. Uh, been there, done that. As far as his football career is concerned, you know, over 200 games in the uh, Premier League for Newcastle United, um, and, and a, a guy who will who will really lead this side well. Um, you know, it, it was going to take uh, somebody to do that. I mean, Andrew Durante was captain for his entire time here the 11 seasons he had here so it was kind of weird last night watching a game of football without Andrew Durante in a Phoenix mm-hmm. shirt but uh, but you know Stephen Taylor's taken that armband he's the obvious choice as I say and uh, look I think he'll lead this side particularly well in the upcoming season
2: uh, Let's have, reflect a little bit on Saprit Singh uh, in my opinion the the best thing since sliced bread to come out of New Zealand. <laughs> he's um, He has uh, made an impact already in the, I think he's made three appearances for, for Bayern Munich. Um, Jason, I know you've been watching with great interest. What can you tell us about uh, how he's transitioned from Wellington to uh, the biggest club in Germany?
5: Yeah, what a lovely story. And, and um, you know, not completely unexpected that Sarpry Singh would get an opportunity overseas uh, at some stage, but... To go to Bayern Munich, and not only that, but then to be included in their in their squad of 25 for their preseason tour. Um, the game I went to last night was in a, uh, a little town called Masterton, which has got about I don't know 10 or 12,000 people. And and last year Sarpreet Singh was playing his preseason football, you know, for the Wellington Phoenix against Wadadupa United. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward 12 months, and he's playing against AC Milan and Real Madrid and Arsenal. It's um, it's quite some story, but. Yeah, we've watched um, with with uh, great interest and obviously a growing sense of pride in, in what he's done. I uh, had the opportunity to chat to Sarpreet shortly after he signed, and and uh, look, he, he was um, almost in a state of I wouldn't say shock, but it was still a bit surreal to him, um, you know, rubbing shoulders with you know the likes of Thomas Mueller and Robert Lewandowski and and uh, Manuel Neuer, these these superstars of world football, and here is you know young Sarpreet Singh, fresh out of the A League, only just twenty. And uh, gee, what a um, what a time to be alive for that young man. So now we're all delighted, and and I think it reflects pretty well on the A League as well. Um, of
1: course, know, it and, does and even, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
5: Even his his um, teammate uh, Libby Kakachi, said exactly that, in a. In an interview the other day, he said, look, it, it just shows what is possible from the A-League, um, you know, from playing against... But you've Atlanta got to United invest to the in, in to, the yeah.
1: academies, don't you? David Dome, you you know, the general manager of the Phoenix, uh, obviously pretty proud that, uh, you know, there's been a, a substantial investment in, into the club's academy. And uh, the fact that um, that he, uh, separate Singh, is a, a product of that academy is... Uh, He's a testament to to the uh, you know the, the vision of, of the managers. They got to, they get whacked often enough, uh, so they should get a bit of credit when uh, when it all turns out well.
5: Yeah, and there are others too. And Kikachi's another one. He's come through. I think he's he's got a future overseas. Uh, a couple of players have come into the um into the first team squad this year uh, from out of the Phoenix Academy. They do a good job there, a really good job. And uh and you know obviously Sarpreet's the uh, the big success story. Um, but yeah, as I said before, it reflects well on the A League that young players can make the step. Uh, from this league into into good european leagues really good european leagues and, and i'm i'm sure sarprete won't be the uh, the last uh, that we see playing a league one season and then uh, mixing it with some uh, some really top european players the next
1: Absolutely, well, Jason. Thanks for joining us again. It's uh, it's a good news um, time for the Wellington Phoenix and uh, the A League in general to get certainty. If there's one thing shorter to create instability, it's uncertainty and uh, the knowledge that uh, look, even though Mark Rudan has left, he, he did leave a, a quality legacy at the club and uh, and plenty for Ufuk Talle to to build on. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see um, you know a, a, a you know a step up from the you know the finals performance of this year into an even better season in in 1920.
5: Yeah, we'd, lo- we'd love that. We're looking forward to the season getting here. I <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, can't World's wait for the games up,
5: against. There. Yeah, can't wait for the games against Western United. Just quietly, really looking forward to
2: those. <laughs> Me so, too. Uh, We're uh, looking forward uh, to those too. we We'll be in your care for Rick. Reg- yeah. yeah. He did cut and run, so I wonder what the welcome <laughs> will be like down at uh, the cake tin uh, the first time that. <laughs> Big Mark Rudin,
1: uh struts out there in his trench coat. Yeah, well, I think I think it's a bit well, rough I, saying he cut and run, given that uh, run. given he that Wellington was on their absolute knees when he turned up over there. I think uh, there's a bit of gratitude there as well. No, he did, did a good club. job there, but he did cut and run.
5: Yeah, no, he, he did a great he did a great job. We're looking forward to having him back here for a. Uh a game against the Phoenix for Western United. I think it'll be a, uh, an interesting night, lads. Put it
1: that way. Yes. <laughs> Good on you, Jason. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Cheers, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, we're going to uh, get back to the FFA Cup uh, with Willem uh, in the studio and break down all the other games and uh, and what um, the Round of 16 is starting to shape like. Uh, so stick around because that is all next on box to box
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of
1: all. This is Box to Box. We celebrated with Joe Sala earlier on in the show as uh, his zebras uh, had a mighty penalty. Victory to get into the round of 16 in the FFA Cup, but there's a stack more games featuring the A League clubs as well coming up uh, over the next week. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that right now at Chemist Warehouse, there is half price off the Swiss range. Half price. I take a Swiss Men's Ultivite every single day, and I attribute that to giving me some of the uh, pep up and go that I need throughout the course of the day the energy that you need to get through uh, your busy busy day but you know this coenzyme Q10 there's the children's Ultivite, the high strength cranberry magnesium Fances, of course magnesium if you're not sleeping well um, I encourage you to get into the magnesium because that is another um, supplement that uh, I do take because it just uh, relaxes and chills you out and helps you get. I've always a wondered why you were so sleep. Sleep. cool. That's it, that's magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> so, half price right now, thank you, Michael, uh, as you take the P15S out of me. Chemist Warehouse Snow what Savings, the big, big catalogue is out right now. It's probably in your letterbox. So remember, why would you pay more? The August catalogue is out now for Chemist Warehouse. Chemist <laughs> Get into the chemist's warehouse.
2: Hey, Robert, got a question for you. Yeah. When are you joining Sky News? And ne- ne- all your brothers work there
1: well um i'm sort I mean, of you've well, got to get i've a been look, be, I, a well, see, chance. i've been around you long enough edge to know that you're the master puppeteer so i've just been putting people in places <laughs> right now and I, uh, paul Whittaker and i uh, having coffee tomorrow morning so uh, no it's great to see the boys doing really well timmy doing the uh, the weekend breakfast <laughs> you football, are fake
0: it? news i
1: i, uh,
2: I was uh, I got home from obviously europe and As you do. Kieran, of course. I can't mention the little baby brother. That's right. Kieran and uh, Timbo, your your brothers. But I was just at a bit of jet lag and I thought I'd turn on a bit of Sky News Mm. and got the... Got the um the
1: ad promoting all the talent and mm, mm. there's Kieran, there's Tim. I was just mm. waiting for you to pop up on screen. Well, we've got to get box to box. The um you know I I've, I've always had this vision for box to box. Uh, you know remember Mike and Mike, uh, the guys that did the American sports show in the radio yes, studio. Yes. Uh, um, that uh, yeah I, th- I I do think that that's possible. So maybe we need to pitch that to the guys we at, uh, at, we at we Sky do. News. But uh, Now the boys doing beautifully.
2: FA Cup, uh, Willem, round of 32 uh, kicked off uh, during the week and uh, first game Brisbane Olympic defeated Baseball City 2. Great to see, obviously, Brisbane Olympic um, uh, in the the theme of the NCIP, Brisbane Olympic with some uh, Greek heritage. Great to see um, some... Greek names on the score sheet Lucas, Smith, and Lofthouse. It was all
1: about Lucas, wasn't it? <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> Lofth- Chris Lucas, Lofthouse. he can play well. But yeah, remember, yeah. though, you know, even though my surname is Gilbert, I'm half Lebanese. That's so my right. mother was so Munster. So, yeah. Or
2: half Greek, is that what you're saying? Well,
1: my sister's surname is Anastasopoulos, you know, so yeah, she's married to
2: a Greek. So you never know each. Yeah, you never know, you never know. But uh, a big, they're, they're the strongest team, one of the strongest teams up in Brisbane. Uh, Olymp- Olympiacos as they're known up there and they got away to, a, to a, a big win, didn't they?
3: They did, yeah. It was Chris Lucas who got the job
2: done. He scored a hat-trick, 24th, 45th and 56th minute goals. Uh, moving... Alex Smith, who's played overseas extensively. He's a, he's a very good player, Alex Smith. I mean, he'll uh, do very well for that team. Yeah.
3: And Gordon Smith got one back for Bayswater, who I believe played for Rangers, I think I heard on, yes, the, uh, that's on right. the
1: commentary. The thing, though, that I really want to see, Edge and Willem, in in the, um, you know, the final years as we lead into the second tier is is the A-League clubs... Starting to recognise some of these uh, this young talent that's coming through um, from from these clubs, you know they're, they're they're busting their hammer to to get involved. I know a young fellow that plays for Danny Thunder, you know, Blake Carpenter, scored a ripping goal um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know these young fellows um, need to be given the opportunity to to see that their future lies in Australia and given hope, don't they? Well,
3: I think I agree with you, Rob. I think in the previous A season just gone, we saw that mentality slowly start to change, and there were a number of players. From the state leagues, who did actually finally get a crack? Elvis Sober, Kenny yeah. Matthew, Matthew Miller was at Central Coast, one of the highlights of the season. So I think mm-hmm. the mindset is slowly starting to shift. We saw a
2: lot of evidence of that last season. And, and the club that you like to give a kicking to every now and again, Melbourne City. Yeah. they've deservedly done, so. They've done a good job with younger players. They've, uh, mm-hmm. they've all, they've all, um, you know, they've, they've given opportunity young players. Lucky Wells, Riley McGree, Daniel okay. Arzane. Credit where it's due. Yeah, Nathaniel Atkinson, Tim Cale. Staying
3: with the uh, FFA Cup up to Darwin, Edgeworth travelled and got the job done. They won 3-0 with goals to Smith, Gardner and Crawley. Mount Druitt Town Rangers hosted Manly United and this was a bit of a thriller, gents. It was mm. two all after six minutes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it was one all after six minutes. It remained one all until the 95th when Harry McCarthy put uh, Manly up.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that is a fair income. five versus versus Silvertail. It I was going to say way.
2: that Manly United up there, I know there's quite a few guys from Manly United who come on my World Cup tours. And they, they usually are, need a
1: passport they to are travel loaded to load the way to go they out the Mount Druitt.
2: So uh, they've been talking about getting in the FFA Cup for some time. They are one of the big teams from the NSL and they nearly got rolled by the Mount Druitt town <laughs> rangers. <laughs> come on. Pasquale uh, and the boys from Manly United, come on.
3: Got the job done in the end. 4-2 on penalties. On pens. Uh, Bullen and Moulin, uh, we um, spoke to the gentleman. Yeah, so Joe Sulla. Joe of course, Sulla, of course. Yeah. Uh, El so, Presidente. Yeah, he was forced to wait until penalties for the 3-2 victory. Yes, he would have been biting his fingernails. Adelaide Olympic and they three.
2: Not only that, there were three goals down in the yeah. penalty shootout. Yeah. They were gone for all money, so that is uh, no doubt very exciting. Yeah.
3: Adelaide Olympic 4 over Florida Athena 3. This was another game that ebbed and flowed
2: throughout. At least we've got a Greek boy in there, Lianos Simesis. He got two goals, including three goals, including a pin.
3: And in the final game of the night, uh, Magpies Crusaders, a club with the best name in Australian football, won 2-1 over Camira Colts. Although I think Camira play in the third division of yeah. Queensland, so that's fantastic for them to get even play? that far. They are in the first division of the Queensland NPL. Okay, I Very believe good.
2: good, excellent. Okay, let's go through the next week's games. Um, the traditional uh, champ, traditional um, super super club from uh, Tasmania, South Hobart. They're going to host Marconi Stallions.
3: We'll then have uh, St George host Sydney United.
2: Yeah, I mean, great to see St George, that uh, famous mm. uh, club, which. Uh, Lesley Urge was involved with, uh, Les Murray, obviously. Campbelltown City and Melbourne City. uh, So Melbourne City get to go up to Campbelltown. Um, Interestingly, Melbourne City didn't do... Oakley from the NPL beat them uh, quite convincingly uh, last week.
3: uh, Maitland will host the Central Coast Mariners. Mariners have a pretty poor record in the FFA Cup. Often get knocked out in these early ones, so So, a bit of interest um, in that one. And finally, we'll have the Cooma Tigers... From New South Wales, host Hume City.
1: Did we mention the Tigers uh, FC v Hume City as well? At, um... Yeah, that's what just yeah, that's Tigers. Yeah, yeah. Kooma Tigers. Yeah, good, good. Sorry, boys. All right. Well done, Willem. Um, so that's um, that's a big round of 32, and uh, and hopefully uh, we'll get some of those classic nights uh, on uh, on Fox Sports. They do well, a good job. You? Fox they, Sports, they, on that's it. I love They're Murray it. Shaw and the boys. They really do coordinate well, that well. No I think Murray's left has he yeah. not? Oh, well, there you go. Well. Well, whoever's doing the job Larry's, now. Murray's
2: on holiday, spending super-innovation.
1: Okay, all right. Well, whoever's doing the job now is doing a good job. So yeah. uh, I feel the legacy of the great Murray Shaw. So anyway, the uh, that's the next uh, couple of weeks. All right, boys. So um, the next hour is going to be chock-a-block because Willem's got um, plenty of soccerers and Matilda Central in uh, news too. Michael Jakobsen he's going to join us from Adelaide United. Always uh, a very generous guest, the, uh, the Danish uh, superstar who... Uh, He's going to background us on some of the new signings there, in particular Gert Jan van um, Pim's um, long-lost brother.
2: Hey, I've got a, another Pim? question for you, Rob. No, no, we've got, a, no. I've got another question for you. Okay. Um, I know that you love the Italian the Italian side of things. Yes. Um, yes, you do. No. So who is your favourite Italian team, or it's, it's an Italian team with heritage in Australia? Who is your
1: favourite? Oh, look, it, it it would probably be just from growing up would be Marconi. Because okay. I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. Guildford's only a couple of um, suburbs away from Bosley Park. And um, and I remember uh, going out there on a few occasions to see. What I remember watching West Was Ham. It, did
2: they have slices of pizza you could buy? Or
1: yeah. you get some pasta yeah, in, the, yeah, in yeah. the canteen? Yeah, all, all the good stuff. A bit, a bit of yeah. Uh, canotto. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, mate, I love a canotto. It's yeah, a, it's a it, fantastic. They didn't yeah. serve lattes, they served espressos. Yeah, gelato, yeah, all the good stuff, mate. Gelato, cookies and cream. Or trying to work out to... what. Pay attention to you While I'm trying to work out What Nigel's playing Yeah, this is it But <laughs> No, no, Marconi But I do love Juventus as well Because my father-in-law Luigi Who has gone to God um, Is uh, a big fan of, um, of the Juventus yeah. Alright, let's wrap it up, boys Because we're going to go to the break And next hour is going to be a huge one Jakobsen, Europe, Soppage Time All of Box to Box
0: Try an enchilada With the this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving forward. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back for
1: another bumper hour of Box to Box. Um, uh, Dean Hennessy... Absent hour because, um, he's very busy. We thought we almost had the band back together with Michael in the studio, but, um, but Dino's out there coaching at, at uh, Pasco Vale, um, doing, uh Jack of all trades, Dino. He is, and a master of many. Mm. Uh, second edition news shortly with Willem. Uh, Michael Jakobsen, it's uh, interesting times at Adelaide. What a season they had, uh, sacking the coach and then going on to almost break the hearts of Perth. How how heartbreaking would that have been if uh, if that didn't all work out for the glory, the way that it ended up doing. It was just seconds away from getting knocked out. Michael Jakobsen's going to uh, talk to us about the future under under Gertjandra- Baby. Gertjean Verbeek almost uh, swallowed my tongue, as I said that, uh, as the A-League season. Still a few months away, but it seems like it's exciting times down at Adelaide United. We're going to talk Europe. The championship starts in two what weeks' is time. Dutch coaches, and
2: Willem? I mean, you've got a bit of Dutch heritage. I mean, Pim used to have a... His hair was all over the joint. This yeah. bloke too. Looks like he's got a... Yeah, he's, looks, like a looks a, a bit, rat, bit loose he?
3: if he has a few wins. We're going to call him Aussie Gertjan. Aussie Gertjan, yeah. 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 But hmm. he's, he needs a haircut. He certainly does. He looks like...
1: Mozart or Beethoven. He <laughs> those
2: Dutchies. They yeah. love a bit of a shaggy Wind moff, don't they? look.
1: Windswept yeah, look, yeah. Sort of um, Donald Trump style. Mm. Not, co- not, not quite. quite the sort of came over what orange sort style. Sort of Boris style. But yeah. That's probably better. But we should but talk about it. Boris in stoppage oh, yeah. time. No, yeah, I saw a great. Yeah, anyway, let's talk about
2: Boris in stoppage time.
3: Okay, if we like. Yeah. For now, Socceroos and Matilda Central for the Green and Gold Army support the Oliroos in Thailand as they look to qualify for the 2020 Olympics with the Green and Gold Army. We touched on Cruz and Naboot joining victory off the top, but another fringe Socceroo will be leaving the club <coughs> with Terry Antonis signing a multi year deal with Suwon Blue Wings. Suwon sit sixth in the K League, where Adam Taggart still leads the scorers' charts with 11 in 19. How's Adam Taggart going, mate? You what am very, close very well. Brief on him. As I said, yep, still leading the the, uh, the scorer's charts. And he's got the K-League
2: All-Stars clash against Juventus coming up shortly, I believe. Which is really good for him, actually. So yeah. good on Adam Taggart. Uh, and oh, believe it or not, the Grenadine Army had been contacted by seven people from uh, the Sioux Wing Blue Wings and uh, wanting to go and see the Socceroos play against oh, X-1. Yeah. There we go. It's good. So he's making an impact uh, down there. The fans love him.
3: Milos Degenek will return to Red Star Belgrade after six months in Saudi Arabia with Al Ain. Degenek played in the Champions League with Red Star last season, and they've commenced their qualifiers for the next for the next Champions League. I think he'll be a bit happier back at his home club in Red Star than he was in Al Ain. I think he, he just was, filled up his bank account. He for did, six yeah. The pockets and he's just are full. Gone full back enough. to Red Star. I think he, the fans were a bit over him as well. They were there a short time.
2: Yeah, the dirham uh, obviously goes a long way in uh, in uh, Serbia. So, uh, yeah, he loves Red Star. If you only got to follow him on Instagram to know that uh, that's where his heart is. So. Uh, important play for the Socceroos in this uh, World Cup uh, uh, qualification campaign. Milos is going to play a lot of time, so let's hope he uh, he continues to uh, work on his craft and get the job done. But he, no, he's if you follow him on Instagram, he's pretty happy about being back
3: in. to the Matildas in the oh, National great. Women's Soccer League. Hayley Rasso scored a double for Portland Thorns as they thumped Houston Dash five nil. Rasso netted in the 12th and 23rd minutes, while Kai Simon was subbed off on 32 minutes for Houston Edge. Was there anything behind that? Was she injured? Or?
2: Well, I was actually... um I, I heard that uh, Hayley got a goal early, and then I, I, I flicked it on uh, while I was in the office because it was uh, playing during the day on Thursday. And, you know, I saw Haley's second goal, and then I did notice uh, Kai come off the ground in the 32nd minute. He also substituted at the same time Christine Nan, who is arguably their best player. Um, so I think what he's done is got cracked the sads with the two good players. They're four goals down, realised probably there's no chance to win the game and wanted to um, look after his two best players. And, uh, but, yeah, interesting that they would get subs so early. They didn't look happy about it. They looked pretty unhappy.
3: Sam Kerr netted the winner for Chicago Red Stars as they overcame North Carolina 2-1. Kerr continues to lead the golden boot for the competition with 10 goals in 10 games.
2: Did you see that goal, Rob?
1: No, I didn't. No.
2: Well, she uh, got round a defender by nutmegging the defender, mm-hmm. and then slotted the goal in between the goalkeeper's legs. So it was a fairly good, uh, fairly good highlight for a highlight reel.
1: So 12 months out from the Olympics, um, there's not going to be much of a chance for the Matildas to draw breath at all before they start prepping for for that tournament. Well, they've is got they?
2: their um, qualification. Don't forget, mm. they have to qualify. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have a, and it's it's because Japan is at the Olympics. There's one less spot for the Asian yeah. women, so they have to finish in the top two of the qualification tournament. That's in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they will also play uh, in the Tournament of Nations in America in June, and then obviously the the Olympics are at the end of July and the beginning of August. So that's their that's pretty much their program. Yeah. No. There is some thought about uh, the Tournament of Nations uh, in Australia as well, whether that will go ahead. But I'm I'm expecting they'll play six or seven games, be, be, uh, maybe maybe as many as ten before the.
1: Olympic Games turn up. Oh, we'll get all that together. Maybe uh, see if we can uh, yeah. give the run next week it, while I'm it, on exactly We should it.
2: actually, um, when we do a, a segment on the Matildas, we should look at the fringe Matildas who might uh, sort of bust their way into the Olympic squad. Don't forget, it's less than, you take less players in the Olympics than You only take mm-hmm. 18 players yeah. versus 23 to a World Cup.
3: Gents, we'll jump over to Spain where Antoine Griezmann's transfer to Barca is causing a great deal of controversy.
2: Isn't it
3: what? It's being investigated by the Royal Spanish Football Federation after Atletico Madrid, his former club, reported the deal they believe Barca owe them uh, huge figures here, $127 million on top of the 191000000 that already paid. Javier Tebas, who was the head of the Spanish Association, said Griezmann could be banned until the issue was is resolved should Barcelona be in the wrong. I just think it's a little bit unsavoury the way these clubs deal with themselves in Spain, the big three. I mean, Griezmann signed a five-year extension just last year. Now he's going to Barca crying when he wore the jersey, said it's where I've always wanted to be. I just find it a little bit sort of petty the way that those three big clubs sort of deal with each other in the media.
2: Uh, they hate each other, Willem. Mm. They absolutely hate each other. And uh, there's a, there'll be all sorts of shonky, shifty stuff going on behind the scenes.
3: Staying in Spain, Gareth Bale's... Technical term, that, Rob. Shonky, yeah, sure. The Gareth Bale saga is getting a little bit ugly as well. He surprisingly came off the bench and helped Madrid come from behind to beat Arsenal in the International Champions Cup. Earlier in the week, manager Zinedine Zidane had said, we hope Gareth leaves soon, it would be best for everyone. His manager, Jonathan Barnett, then came out and labelled Zidane a disgrace. Uh, Zidane after the match said nothing changes he's still likely to leave Edge where do you see him going if anywhere well he
2: wants to stay uh, as long as he can at Real Madrid because he's on a huge massive 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 contract contract. so
1: each uh, I think it it's about uh, £400 a minute. So you explain how, how how that works for our listeners, Ed. So so he, he says, I've got a contract, I'm staying. You're going to have to get rid of me. So 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 he does that um, and, and they um, have he comes to a, arrange a transfer. It, it's, it's up to the other club to obviously either underwrite some of that fee or for Real to carry the fee. That's um, right. Um, so typically w- there's three scenarios. One is that
2: Ra- Real gets completely um, cracks the sands with Gareth and starts to exclude him from training and not select him, uh, that, that would be a big call. Um, the second scenario is that uh, Real Madrid will pay some of his contract uh, to the new club. OK, so he basically goes to a, a different club, but he's getting the same amount of money. Well, the third, uh, third scenario is that Gareth decides to maybe take less, but might take a longer contract, etc. So those are the scenarios that will play out. Um, it seems like uh, Bale's manager and Gareth are deciding to stick it out um, until they get a better commercial op- opportunity.
3: Pep Guardiola has been forced to deny Manchester City were arrogant on their recent trip to China. Chinese media took aim at City's apparent disregard for local fans and media as they played matches in Nanjing and Shanghai. Guardiola was criticised in comparison to Wolves manager Nuno Espirito Santo, who was apparently far more enthusiastic during the trip.
1: Well, what do we know about that? I, I can't it's say that I'm uh, an expert on that.
3: Particular probably didn't subject. want to
2: go as part of the Asia Trophy and do all the uh, promotional stuff. He probably just wanted to do his pre-season back in Europe and...
3: I feel so sorry for these players. They play such a long, gruelling season, and on their pre-season slash off season, they're forced to travel all over the world. That seems like almost the hardest part yeah. of the fixture.
1: Yeah, I feel sorry for them too. Well, oh, they're on mono. It's to see the uh, yeah, size of their pockets. To get I know some buses around. For God's sake, mate, they've been treated like Feneriham royalty. I'd like to be uh, in their boat for just one week, mate. It would be. It'd be just like being, uh, you know, a uh, uh, a, a king in um, in in a sporting sense, wouldn't
3: it? Certainly would. Celtic have moved a step closer to the Champions League with a five-nil first league win over Estonian side Nomir Kalju in the qualifiers. Tom Rogic and Daniel lazani watched from the stands as uh, Christoph Ayer, Ryan Christie, Lee Griffiths, and Callum McGregor found the score sheet. Staying with an Australian uh, perspective, Trent Sainsbury was on the bench for PSV as usual. Uh, they needed until the 92nd minute to overcome Basel 3-2, and Red Star, Belgrade, soon to have Milos Stegenek back on it, defeated Helsinki yeah, You 2-0. mentioned Daniel
1: Arzani. What do we know about his um, rehab and how that's... Uh, uh, in just in about in full f-
3: training, Full it? training and ready to go. Yeah, Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, to another young Australian making waves overseas, Jacob Italiano is turning heads at Borussia Mönchengladbach. He started uh, his first season at the club really well. He's featured three times in pre-season against Augsburg, uh, Rayo Valencano. He then went and scored against uh, Istanbul Basakia. So it was Mario Vossen, who's the German scout, who brought him over to Gladbach. He was also the man who got Matthew Lecky over there. Mm-hmm. Similar players in a similar mould. So
2: really exciting to see if, if he can follow a similar path. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't so much this year because Perth had such a strong squad that he didn't get much of a look in the last A-League season. But the year before, he got a few games. And uh, um, a lot of people from Perth who I know say that he's a, in a very exciting prospect and he doesn't get the recognition on the East Coast like Daniel Lozani does, for yeah. example. So a lot of people think that he's, he's as good, and uh, we'll be watching him with great interest to see if he can take on the Bundesliga.
3: Now, we said we'd mentioned Boris Johnson in stoppage time, and this may tie in just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this is what I wanted uh, to do. Some interesting <laughs> news from uh, Kick It Out, who, of course, are football's primary anti-racism body. Their chief executive, Roizen Wood, believes uh, a rise in racist abuse in football can be linked to Brexit. Stats have shown reports of racism in English football rose 43% last season. Uh, Wood told the BBC the British Home Office is seeing a rise in hate crime and that if it's in society, it will inevitably... Trickle into football. Now that could also be to say that people are actually reporting these incidents more so. Mm. That there's not more racism; it's just being reported more. But at the I, same time, honestly,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I think uh, we all have been to enough sporting events and heard enough rubbish in the uh, the grandstands over the years to know that 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 kind of crap um, normally didn't get called out. That uh, the people would get away with it. But now, if you're sitting in a grandstand and someone goes on with that sort of stuff, that there will be people around that will object. So if you're going to be fool enough to uh, to uh, expose yourself as a Racist then uh, you're going to have to suffer the consequences
2: There's also a great little bit of a video Going
1: around on social media of Boris
2: Playing in, in a mm. charity Game and uh, he's, he Sort of attacks The um, one of his fellow politicians on the other side of the field, he's, he sort of goes to close him down, but trips and almost rugby. It was a Yeah, he was
1: playing the wrong game. A bit like John
2: Howard he probably, uh, when
1: he was uh, playing was, cricket for yeah, Australia. Yeah, it
2: was, it was pretty much like that. So, yeah, Boris, eh? Uh, he's going to he, he, all fire and brimstone in his first uh, speech as prime minister. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. But uh, no, um, I spent some time in Europe, Rob, as you know, and uh, bumped into a lot of English people, and uh, the first thing they want to talk to you about is Brexit. Okay. It's a very passionate. We'll we'll, just topic. Do,
1: we'll do the um, the, um, the the political uh, sort of uh, off um, uh, off cuts of uh, of box to box and give you an extra twenty minutes in the podcast maybe. And Edge comes in off the long run about Brexit. Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and well done. Um, Okay, Michael Jakobsen next. I'm really interested to have a chat to Michael. He's always... Uh, he's good, uh,
2: isn't he?
1: Yeah, the Danish um, international. He uh, started out at Melbourne City and he's been at uh, Adelaide for a couple of years. So big changes there. Uh, and he's uh, he's always uh, uh, insightful about um, about what the way that club is going. So uh, stick around because Michael Jakobsen is coming up after the break.
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most-
1: Crucial goal, the Welcome back to you, Box to Box, and uh, after the uh, the rattling run Adelaide United had towards the end of last season, after the announcement that uh, their coach Marco Kurz was leaving, uh, it um, it was uh, greeted with. The question, would the the new coach um, get the, the same warm welcome that the, the fellow who was on the way out uh, did? He seems to have. Uh, uh, Gert-Jan Verbeek is, uh, is now well and truly ensconced at Adelaide United and a senior player at the club who's, uh, who's been around the A League for a fair while is uh, is uh, the Danish uh, Michael Jakobsen, who is joining us on the show tonight. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you very much. So it must have been, before we talk about you, your new gaffer, uh, a bit of a surreal uh, season last week, uh, last year, uh, well, season at least uh, uh, to to know that your your coach was not staying and then the and then the team really regrouped and galvanised and um and, and made a fantastic run and you know almost caused uh, you know the, a massive upset over there in Perth uh, uh, just one step away from from the grand final uh, uh, how did that season play out and what what really was it within the club that uh, that, that, that that got everybody together to to, to perform uh, under the kind of duress you were under yeah,
6: that's a good question. As you said, we had a we had a not a bad period, but a,
1: not such a good run
6: midway through the season. And then when the announcement came up, we started to get um, a lot of players back from injuries, and and yeah, everybody was like on the same page. So we we had to finish off strong to to get the best possible position to go into the playoffs with some momentum as well. And yeah, it was like everything just started to come together, and we we performed better and better. And as you said, we nearly caused a a big upset against um, Perth. So it was all in all. I think it was um, it was a good um, season. But but we, we if we had less players injured, uh, more um, more players available, I, I think we, we could have done better. So the injury concerns was um, was an affect as well, and that was irritating to be to running around and and a lot of people that were in and out of the team. So mm. yeah could have made a difference in, in marketing. Well,
2: tell us about your new coach. I mean all the Adelaide United fans right around Australia will be really looking to, to, forward to the season with a lot of anticipation. A new coach brings new ideas, new philosophies. What can you tell us about uh, your experience with him so far?
6: Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be different to what we've we've done before. So we, we have to adapt and quickly. The uh, an important game to starting in a couple of weeks. So we need, to, we need to take a lot of new stuff on board. He has a from a different mindset of, of how to do, do the attacking part of football. So um, it's exciting. Uh, it's new. The, the training is very enjoyable. So the boys, they're happy. And, and, and I think so far everybody is, is yeah, in a positive mind uh, about how the, the coach sees the game and, and how he wants to play. We just need to, to really tone in and then and uh, adapt to the way, uh, because it is as I said before, quite different
1: to, to what Michael was doing. Well, that's the question. I mean, he's a relatively young coach with a, a fantastic uh, pedigree, F- 56 years old, Gert-Jan Verbiek. He's, uh, he's coached in some of the, the biggest clubs in Germany and Holland, Herenveen, Wien, Feyenoord, AZ, Alkmaar, uh, Nuremberg and FC20. So, I mean, that is a pretty serious uh, CV to be coming into to the A-League with. And, uh, um, you know, you're telling us that, that, that he's, uh, um, you know... Uh, Bought excitement you know obviously as a player he played 250 games uh, over a decade with the Eredivisie um, side that he, he subsequently coached Herenveen so so he's a man with uh, uh, you know in- incredible uh, pedigree so so what what are the major differences you're seeing on on the training park from uh, from your previous coach
6: we have focused very much about the offensive part of of, of the game uh, and that's his way of of seeing the game I and mean, it's just exciting it's there's a lot of movement. Um, you're you're quite free in the way that you play. Um, he wants you to join in, in for, for defenders, for example, they have to join in in the midfield sometimes, um, and vice versa. So it, there's going to be a lot of movement. And, and I played a sort of the same system uh, with a club back home in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were playing well, we, we had like seventy plus uh, percent of the of, of the football. So it's very enjoyable that way. If you can if you can can hit the mark and you yeah, put your your opponents uh, under a, a massive pressure. So it's always more fun to have the ball than, than run around chasing it. Um, so if we can do it here um, that way, um, we're going to create a lot of chances. And uh, yeah, it's enjoyable play for it. Um, so so far we haven't had too much of uh, focus on on the defensive part. Um, more about the offensive part to, to to get all the mechanisms going with with the. Uh, the wingers when they are bumping on, what are the strikers doing? If the fullbacks are coming, so all these small details that that he has in his philosophy, um, we're trying to to get that to to work. And, and yeah, in, from I do not know for myself, uh, but I can see on, on people's faces they they're enjoying it, um, and and I think for the whole group it's
1: um, it has been enjoyable so far this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport we're talking to Adelaide United Michael Jakobsen about the uh, well it's still a little while but season ahead and a new coach Gert Jan Verbeek
2: Michael before I um, uh, talk to you about uh, Michael Maria, the new signing, I've got to ask my colleague a question, Rob, um, mm. a, lot of, a lot of international um, players that have played in the A-League, but mm. do you reckon there's ever been a player from Curacao played oh, before? No,
1: I don't think so. So he's a, 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 a national uh, representative from Central America, 20 games, but uh, he's uh, um, come from... So you've uh, done your geography homework, you Absolutely. know where Curacao is. Absolutely, mate. Well did and truly. Yeah. Michael Jacobson, Yuck- did you know where,
2: <laughs> where Curacao was before Michael Maria signed with the club? I would be lying if I said yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, tell us no. about him, because he comes with a big reputation. He's he's obviously spent a long time um, with Feyenoord, I believe. He's also played at FC20. So um, um, what can you tell Adelaide United fans about uh, his early, uh, early pre-season uh, form and, and what sort of player we can expect? It's a
6: um, technical, uh, very strong player. Um, he's really good on the ball. How much have I seen so far with... This? Been doing a lot of small side of games, yeah, so I've yeah. more noticed the, the technical side of him. It's, yeah. it's really good. So the first touch on the ball is is good. Um, I think he's he's quite quick on his first meters. I don't know top speed and stuff uh, if he's going to be blowing out down the the wings or or, or not. Um, but he he has this class about him that he's very um, relaxed on the ball. He's good in, in small areas, so it's exciting. It's um, I think it's going to be a, a very good turning for us.
2: Certainly is. I think we're all looking forward to that. It's a, it is a big signing because, um, obviously, Craig Goodwin moving on. I mean, I mean nobody wants to stand in the way with a player going to uh, get an opportunity like he's had. But Craig Goodwin was so good for you last year. He, he, I mean, um, he was unlucky not, not to force his way into uh, the Socceroos set up uh, at some point. But um, can you just reflect on your experience with Craig and... Um, uh, how happy you are for him um, to receive a contract like he has?
6: Uh, I, I talked to him uh, the, a couple of days before he he left, and uh, the only thing I could could say uh, it was a little bit the same with with Issa. Um, it's they have had amazing Issa uh, for for a long period. Have had amazing seasons here, and he got the the opportunity to go. And Craig was the same. He had a very good season last year, um, and it's not every day you get or of like. They have gotten now. Um, so at one stage you have to look back and say, okay, I, I did this, and it was um, maybe on, on the on the football side, and the development side, it might not have been the the, the best choice. Um, but for his future, it's it's something you can't say no to because you have the salary cap in 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 in, um, in Australia, and that stops uh, some of the players from staying here because. It's just more lucrative to go somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, it's. I said to, to to Craig, it's an amazing opportunity. And if he does well there, it might open up doors in Europe or, or somewhere else uh, again for him. So, it's, it's well-deserved. Um, it's good on him. It's, yeah, it's an opportunity. Sometimes it's too good to say no to. So, um, yeah, I just wish on all the best. And I said probably 95% of all the other players around the league would have on the
1: same and Absolutely, a player yeah. that has had um, that international opportunity but he's back on loan funnily enough and um, via the, the Newcastle Jets and that famous Scorpion goal he kicked in a season at Melbourne <laughs> City last year he's back to the club where it all started Riley McGree so uh, you know it, it, out goes Craig and in comes Riley who's you know at a relatively young age and still has the football world ahead of him 20 years old
6: yeah I think that's going to be an, an outstanding signing for us mm. uh, just what he's shown so far in trainings. So we're doing four against four and small areas. He's he's doing well. He's uh, scoring heaps of goals and, and just sprint competitions. He's mm-hmm. yeah, he beats everybody. I was like, I was very surprised because I'm, I've never seen him like you know long fast run. He's more when he's on the ball. He's on the move, but he's really explosive. He's uh, he's a unit man. He, he's gonna mm-hmm. be really good as well. Uh, so yeah,
2: he, he's he's always been the the main playmaker through the uh, the junior national team setups, and uh, he's acquitted himself well. And I think it, I, I agree with you, Michael. I think it's probably one of the signings of uh, of the A League today. And I, I know all Adelaide United you know, fans will be looking forward. And he's a home, and he's back home in his hometown um, with his family close by, so uh, I'm sure that's a big a big part of it too.
6: Yeah, you can see the same with, with Craig when he came back here uh, after. A couple of seasons in Europe and uh, doing okay, but not succeeded uh, 100%. Come back here, kickstart the career, and doing amazing when you're in your your own environment and you're back with the family. That that means a lot. Uh, some players they they need to be around this safe environment where you mm. where you're close by uh, with all your family and stuff. Uh, where others they they don't really care where they are. They can just perform. So um, I don't know how Riley is when it comes down to that. I don't know him that put, uh, well yet. Um, but, yeah, he he, he he blended right in here. He knew so many players he is, so I think he feels like, oh, I'm back home.
1: It's great to hear, Michael. Well, as, uh, well, you're only 33 years old yourself. You're not an elder statesman, but you're a senior <laughs> player. But uh, at, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. We've always enjoyed your football uh, ever since you, you came to Australia uh, at Melbourne City and, uh, and a couple of seasons now at Adelaide United, and you've always been generous to us on this show, mate. So we, uh, we're, I know we're uh, a month or two away from the season starting, but we're, uh, we're looking forward to it and hope you have a, a lot of success um, in uh, in the season to come. Thank you very much. Not at all Michael Jacobson, Adelaide United. Uh, big, big things expected Uh um, in the coming A League season, new coach, me. new players, a couple of great signings. Mm. They've lost a player, in Craig Goodwin. He'll be hard to
2: replace. He has been exceptionally good, but uh, no, I'm going to be watching them with a lot of a uh, lot of interest.
1: Excellent. All right, Edge, Well, we're going to talk. Well, you've been in Europe. Now we're going to talk Europe next on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most.
1: Yes, welcome back to Box to Box. Dino's away, um, but we'll have him here in spirit as we delve into the European action. It's only a couple of weeks away from the championship, three weeks from the Premier League, and then all the other big leagues kick off around uh, that time. Uh, but before we get into it, I'll tell you what's always relevant as Edge coughs in the background, bringing Excuse his wordy back home. Um, his Storage King. Residential, commercial, multi-site vehicle storage you can own a storage king get onto the website and find out a lot more about it but storage king are simply the best in the business you can get a quote online simply go to storageking.com.au you'll find out all about the boxes and packing items that you need the hints and the tips uh, for using self-storage a lot of people just use self-storage as a part of uh, their, their daily lives you know we're all growing Uh, families and uh, running out of space at home and need to declutter. So if you need tips on decluttering your home, getting it ready for sale, videos on the Storage King website, talking about packing your items, getting ready for storage, what not to store, insurance, everything is there at Storage King. So do yourself a favour. Rob. Yes, Michael.
2: We haven't uh, seen each other for about 11 or 12 weeks.
1: No, we haven't. No, no, so it's
2: it's very good to be back in your presence, obviously. Mm, So one of the things
1: I've missed is just you... Randomly, just sort of singing the Storage King jingle to me. Can you give me a bit of that? As it go. if you're moving, selling, shifting, renting, store it with Storage King. They're the kings of the storage business, the biggest in the nation. There's a million reasons why you'll need us, but one solution. Is that how it goes? That's
2: goes. You know, and just for the listeners out there, um, obviously we spend a bit of time preparing for the show and getting on the phone. And Rob's just prone to. Bursting out the storage king jingle from time to time. Because well, they're
1: my good mates, I'm seeing Michael Tate tomorrow morning, Tony Scaglios, Dave Redman. We've got a few little things we're working on for the next 12 months. Uh, yeah, so all very exciting. Well, thank you for indulging me in that little uh, musical interlude. Anytime, you're It For you our That's listeners cool, right around Australia.
2: That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. So hey, what about uh, we're talking Europe, aren't we? Is that what we're? This yep. is Europe yep. segment. <laughs> oh. Thank okay. you, Nigel. Well, I mean, most most kind to of me, Nigel, uh, giving me that little uh, that little uh, Wind n- up. noisy Frenchman. man. Um, Let's go through the transfers, that, uh, or, or the, the pick of the transfers. Dino's prepared a list for us, hasn't he? Sorry. Yeah, so he has, has he yes. Has, so so uh, we thought we'd just go through those. Um, um, there's about uh, seven or eight of them.
3: Um, this first one for me, Edge, is really exciting, especially as a big Premier League man. Tottenham have made contact with Juventus over one Paulo Diabala. Still only 25, Argentinian star. Um, that's really exciting for me. I think it'd really suit English football, the way he sort of yeah picks up the ball, drives forward, bangs him in
2: from all angles. Absolutely. I think, really I, think um, I mean, we've been waiting for Tottenham to make a move, haven't we? I mean, uh, they did so, so well last year in the in the league as well as the Champions League and they just need to to bolster their uh, their playing stocks and that would be a very big signing. He's a good player.
3: Could come in for Christian Eriksen, who is apparently on the radar of Manchester United and also Atletico Madrid, who might have a little bit of uh, cash freed up by Antoine Griezmann heading out. Do you think he'll let Tottenham Eriksen? I hope not. I hope not. I think they've built something really good there. It's been nice to see a good core of... Senior players stay yeah. there for a couple of seasons yeah. on end.
2: That's right. As much as the Arsenal fan in me um, doesn't wish them well, I, I
1: sort of hope they do win something. Well, i never forget that. Um, if I mentioned that um, I went to Stamford Bridge a couple of years ago well, that day that he scored you the, have mentioned the, uh, that. the goal. Um, well, I mentioned I saw when uh,
2: he also scored against the Socceroos. Yes. Willem and I were completely unhappy about that We at the were time. indeed, but no, it was absolutely. a beautiful goal. No, it was a beautiful he, stadium.
1: But he's an amazing player though, isn't he? And, and you Kazan. think that, um Great place, Kazan. Great memories of Kazan. Might have been Samara, that one. Uh, that's true, it was.
2: <laughs> great memories. Great memories. <laughs> great <place>. great <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, what about um, Paris Saint-Germain? Um, they love a African player there. They just love it. The Obviously, especially from the colonies, because the, the, they all speak French, but the Senegal International. Now, if you follow the African... Cup of Nations.
1: Yes, and we haven't mentioned Algeria. We had our our good friend Yusuf Abdi on last week. I I texted him on Tuesday good segment, morning. Actually, yeah. Uh, he, he's a good fellow, Yusuf, and um uh, he uh, he was super excited. So I got up in, uh, and watched um, a fair bit of that game, and um, he was pumped. So Did we sleep were the in goal. Role? Oh yeah, yeah. I know no, it was, it was a shocker. But well, you they... explain it, Willem, how it, it was. It was the one goal of the match, oh, which was, it was the four, poor goalkeeper four minutes in. Yeah, was it Muruz? One mm-hmm. of the flukiest deflections
3: you like yeah. to say. Went uh, about uh, 25 meters into the air, dropped right. into the into the goals. But what
2: about uh, some of the so um, on our tour in mm. France, uh, we had a, a local girl, uh, Alia Balia, who is mm. of uh, Algerian heritage, and so she was with us uh, through right through the whole way, working on the tour. And we we're in Lyon when uh, they had a big win in there mm. in the quarterfinal mm. to get into the semifinal, and. Um, the place Like all of a sudden We're just walking We had some dinner And we're just walking Down the street And um, all of a sudden There's police cars Going everywhere Well that
1: thing So, For those who haven't Been to France And don't know a lot About France And the French um, colonies uh, Of which are That's Nigeria right. and Senegal the one, there, there are so many Expats that, yeah. that live in France that, So as,
2: a good example Is in Lyon Which mm. is uh, one of the Biggest city Regional cities in France About 1.5 million People mm. live in Lyon About three and a half, four million 4 million in the Sort of greater area mm. um, 700 Hundred thousand people in there of Algerian yeah. heritage, you know. So it's a big. So uh, we were just walking along the street after dinner and looking at the scores and uh, Algeria's going to win. And as soon as the game was over, police sirens. Cars, Algerian kids in cars just doing burnouts, <laughs> gridlock everywhere. Fantastic uh, mm. atmosphere. Um, and it is it is, uh, it is uh, one of the unique things about going to France is the cultural mm. mix, you know. Yep. Great Moroccan
1: communities. And you great, felt safe?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Great mm. um, Ivory Coast communities or Cote d'Ivoire communities, great mm. uh, Senegalese mm. communities. So those people who kept an eye on the, uh, on the African Nations Cup. Senegal had a good run and this player had a fantastic tournament. Uh, Idrissa Um he's, he's 29 years of age, and the mail is that he's um, on the way to Paris Saint Germain just to bolster mm-hmm. some of those stocks uh, that uh, of African players. So that's fantastic.
3: And in his place uh, might be Wilfred Zaha. That's it. Still only 26, Zaha. Feels like he's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. He's been, yeah, well, he was looking to head to Arsenal. That looks like it's fallen through. It still looks likely that he'll leave uh, South London. So, yeah, it could be
2: up to Everton. Yeah, that's right. He looks like he's going to Everton. Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp has ruled out re-signing Barcelona's Brazil midfielder Philip Coutinho, who left Anfield for £142 million in 2018. He's ruled it out. Um, obviously, uh, these um, the big Premier League clubs have been doing their pre-season tours. Did you see the uh, the footage of Jürgen uh, at his press conference where a journalist has asked him for a hug? Oh, he would have given it. He did. It It was was (laughs) fantastic. And the guy actually looked a bit like him uh, and uh, Jürgen mentioned that he he only hugged him because he was his doppelganger.
1: (laughs) Good German word there. Well, for those of us um, who may not know what the word doppelganger means, it's your dead ringer, of course. Yes, your dead ringer. Absolutely, Yeah. yeah.
2: What about Manchester United? Are they going to do anything decent in the transfer? Yeah, market? well, they seem to be linked with just
3: about every player on the Don't planet, they? but this one might have a little bit of claret to it. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic of Lazio, Serbian international. He's told his teammates he'll be leaving the club and Manchester United looks like the most suitable fit for him. Mm. And Wolfsburg and Leipzig are interested in Arsenal's 18-year-old winger, Emil Smith-Rowe, possibly on a loan deal there.
2: Absolutely. Um, very interesting Um Obviously, there's so many more deals can happen. There's a little bit of time left uh, before the transfer window shuts, but uh, we're watching with great interest what Manchester United will do. Um, I'm actually watching with a little bit of interest what uh, Manchester City do, whether they land anything at the last moment. Do
3: you think Leroy Osano will leave? Yes, I do. Yeah. By Munich? Yeah, I do. Mm. Why is that just no, not enough space in the front? I think
2: in the so. Front yeah, they do have a they've few a serious pl- operators they roll through there. Don't know, they've got a plethora of opportunities. What about Huddersfield Town? Uh, there was... Rumours that uh, they were going to sell Aaron Moy because he's on such a big contract. Um, Would you like to see Aaron Moy move on from Huddersfield Town? I would, absolutely, but... Oh, well, I hope it's not
3: getting too late for him. Yeah. Um. It seemed that if they were going to, having a player of such value, if they were going to move him on, they'd do it at the start so they could then spend that money during mm. the transfer window. If, as it drags on, it looks more and more likely that he'll stay there. I think he's better than the Championship. I think he played enough good games in the Premier League mm. to show that that's his level. They'll
2: flog him in the Championship. If he stays Absolutely, with them. Yeah. they'll flog him. He'll play every game, every minute, mm. Um, which is probably not great for Australian, uh, the Australian cause. At least if he went to the Premier League, he'd be... Um, in a deeper squad Probably rotating Through a little bit well, more. What,
1: what do you think Edge? Do you think he's, uh, he's gonna I leave? think he's going to
2: stay Because I think Huddersfield They've got a new owner Obviously So what, you're aware Of what's happened there That mm. the owner That got them Into the Premier League Had a silent partner mm. Who's mm. now taken on Majority ownership mm. And mm. he's a, a Very ambitious uh, Very passionate About the club Very ambitious So mm. I'm expecting uh Aaron Moy to to stay because that uh, guy's kicking in a bit of money. Um, and they'll be trying to rebound. He he might be one of those ones that moves in the January window based on where they are. If Huddersfield are out of contention or not looking likely, yep. you might uh, see him move on. But uh, I'm just worried about the level of work that he will do. Hmm. Massimo Luongo is in the wilderness a little bit. To keep your... Want to get rid of him and uh, it'll be Why would that be? He was their player of the year. And... I just think maybe um, they you know they've got some new uh, coaches in there and maybe it's uh, time to move him on. But he has been extremely successful for them at that uh, at that stage. I think yeah. he should
3: definitely move on. I think he's not going to achieve much more there. They're so unpredictable, up and down mm. QPO, I don't think that's the best environment for him. Even though he's been able to succeed, the club mm. hasn't really moved with him. Mm. I think just another championship club, try something fresh. Mm. Been
1: there
2: three seasons now. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jackson Irvine back at Hull.
1: Yeah, yeah I was um, thinking of calling uh, Jackson this week to to getting on. They're, they're, uh, um, if you
2: follow Jackson on Instagram, he's been having the time of his life in America. He yeah, loves his
1: music, obviously.
2: So he's, he's been he had been uh, posting stuff to a whole heap of gigs. So, so hope he hopefully he's had a great break and uh, he's ready to go because he's uh, another mm-hmm. one that will play a lot for the Socceroos this year. I would think.
1: Absolutely. Right, boys. Let's wrap that up. Stoppage time next. You got a bit of gossip there, Willem? do um, Always will. to Dina. All right, next on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The chemist warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage king. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be
1: the most crucial this goal. This is stoppage time on Box to Box. There's nine minutes 15 to go as the fourth official. Doesn't? They don't often put 15 seconds up on, on the board, do they? You no, know? they don't. This is the first time ever breaking records on box to box Well, Michael, it's been good to have you back in the studio, mate. Um, So no doubt um, now that you're home, you're looking forward to um, settling back in and mowing the lawn and, um, you know, doing all the the chores and, um, yeah, just uh, staying in Australia for a little while. eh? Uh,
2: Unfortunately, I have to disappoint you, Rob, because that's not the case, because we have got... A pretty serious program at the green and
1: gold army all right well we 're going to indulge because we don 't often do this, but we know that our listeners are football fans and, and you know we um, we're a joint uh, a collaboration obviously with um, Macquarie media and and the green and gold Army um, creating this program over the last uh, four or so years as we 've done and uh, there 's a lot of our listeners are your 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 guests your tourists who, who travel the world from uh, you know, World Cup to Olympics to qualifiers of all sorts. and But there's a lot of people who've got travelling to football games on their bucket list, and, and they haven't done it yet. So when you're going to tick an item off the bucket list, the first thing you've got to do is do something. That's right. you so gotta can got to apply, don't
2: you? Yeah, so I just thought I'd run through the programs between mm. now and sort of this time next year so we can just sort of whet the appetite of listeners around Australia so mm-hmm. um, obviously uh, Australia's playing Taiwan uh, in a uh, World Cup qualifier soon so mm-hmm. we'll be heading to Taiwan uh, that's the next program that'll be up on the So what's exciting
1: soon. about Taiwan? I mean uh, what, what? well it's obviously Chinese Taipei yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so
2: um, it's uh, got a similar feel to China but it's a interesting place there's uh, Quite a lot to do in uh, Taiwan's capital city. Uh, it's a great stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be yeah, so it'll be a three-day tour, a bit, mm-hmm. a bit of a city tour, and then obviously see hopefully the last uh, session of training before the and before heading off to the game. Um, the next one is uh, we're actually doing the family and friends uh, program for the young Matildas in mm-hmm. Thailand in Chonburi in mm-hmm. uh, late. Uh, October and early November. That's a very big... It's the Asian Cup for the young Matildas. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a good experience. The one I'm really looking forward to, though, is the Oli Roos. The next one after that is the Oli Roos. Uh, we'll be um, heading to Thailand again mm-hmm. uh, to watch the Oli Roos go through their Olympic qualification tournament. Uh, we then, after that, to uh, have Jordan with a Socceroos in a World Cup qualifier. And then after that, we have the big one, Copa America in Argentina and Colombia. So there is a lot to look forward to if you're a fan of uh, Australian football and you want to go along with the Green and Gold Army and have uh,
3: a travelling experience.
1: You've been on a couple of trips. I
2: might have to ask for a razor
3: box to box if I'm going to get to uh, Argentina, but it's a possibility. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, we
1: why go. don't you just ask him if you can work as one of the, the tour guides. I'll or will you, know. you of the backpacks if you like, Edge. I'll uh, take Dino's job. And oh, mate, Dino, no. he's not here. You no, oh, sorry, his grass. <laughs> You'll be in big trouble. So William, well, who was in Russia with us, yeah, he had a good time. Didn't I absolutely
3: know? loved it, yeah. yeah. I was on my bucket list. I thought, better do something. Yeah, That's and you, had you had mentioned
1: it. earlier in the show, obviously, that the Matildas have got to qualify for, for the Olympics, but... Uh... You know, I remember Sydney two thousand. Um, it, it, well, that's it, the one after Copper America. We yeah, go to yeah, the yeah. Tokyo Olympics as well for hopefully the Matildas and the Olyroos. Yeah. So you're going to do something. Like, so let's say um, you know somebody wants to go to the Olympics and uh, and the, and they they want to um, watch other sports. I guess you could just um, you yeah. Know, well, that's yeah. part of it. Obviously, the, the only thing about
2: the Olympic football is that uh, most of it occurs outside of Tokyo, so it's in mm. Sapporo, Osaka, yeah, Kyoto. Yeah, I remember that uh, the, the, Yoko the, the very first, um, that's right. so, The
1: game that opened yeah. the Olympics was at the MCG. Uh, yeah. In 2000, I remember going to see Australia um, play uh, Italy, um, that's right. and uh, yeah, and then we drove up to Sydney the next
2: day. Yeah, mm, yeah. so um, that's which is one of the appeal of uh, Olympic football tournaments is you get to see the, the other parts of the country that mm, mm. not necessarily you do, but we do obviously end up. In but Togaro. it's very
1: World Cup in its style. It and... is,
2: yeah. It is. No, so that's exciting. So we have a full program. So um, Young Matildas uh, in Thailand, Ollie oh, Roos in yeah. Thailand, uh, the Socceroos in Taiwan, uh, Jordan, and Copper America, and then hopefully the Matildas and the Ollie So what Roo's. do you do? You
1: just get online and... Um, yeah, so all of those
2: programs have been loaded on the website uh, over the next uh, week or so, and uh, uh, and then get on to uh, ggarmy.com or ggatravel.com.au and... Uh, so, so what do you just, do? You,
1: you 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 just send an online. email through, or you, yeah, yeah, just yeah.
2: book online. It's all. Yeah, but what,
1: what if I want to talk to somebody? I've never done this before. Well, I need a, to speak we've to got
2: somebody. A service centre. So mm. uh, there's a phone number to call, and there's mm. also uh, you can get on the uh, on the chat line, and uh, and uh, we'll get back to you, and I'll have a chat to you, and it'll be it's it's, it's really exciting times for Australian football. There is so much to look forward to. Um, Copper America, um, I know uh, you know how big it is, Rob. Oh, I'd
1: love to go to Argentina.
2: Extremely popular. The man of
1: registration. they got really good
2: had... beef over
3: there, don't they? Yeah, big on the barbecue bowl reports. Yeah, very yeah. similar climate to Australia. Mm.
2: So we're anxiously waiting to see which group we're going to be uh, joining mm. the, the Socceroos. Um, yeah, so it's a big a big program for the Socceroos. Uh, those um, eight qualifiers before we head off to Copper America, and then another five, guaranteed to five group games, and then, you know, finals if we can get through. So. There's a lot to look forward to for the Socceroos. Have
3: the Green and Gold Army been to
2: Jordan before? Yes, we have. We've so been that's Jordan the before. real rivalry, yeah. rivalry yeah. building. Yeah, that's we've been the twice to consecutive... Jordan before. It's a fantastic place, Jordan. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Wadi Rum Desert and down to Petra to see uh, the, the historic uh, sites in Petra. Petra are fantastic. Down to the Dead Sea as well. Um, lots to do
1: in Jordan. Fantastic. Uh, Jordanian manager Vitaly Borkman's was very excited. A oh, nice little segue there, Willam. He sort of just leaped right out of the green and gold army into his story about Jordan. Oh no, well, Vital Borkmans was very excited that they've drawn Australia again. He said,
3: "Um, if he they want they revenge, like yes, yeah, yeah, if they want revenge for the uh, the Asian Cup in January, bring it on. Ah, uh, he likes it." Yeah, no, so he's, we'll he's
2: uh, well, he should be plucky too because they absolutely destroyed us in that game. We we were yeah. garbage in that game.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we've been in Asia for a few years now, and um and th- these are the rivalries that are starting to to grow, aren't they? That well, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, in Asia, mm. and uh, it's fair
2: to say that every single team we play in Asia grows. Mm. Uh, their, their level of motivation
1: is greatest mm. against us. Is it because they think we're arrogant SOBs or that we... Um, I think there's a bit of added of goods stuff, in that. Uh,
2: I think they think we are uh, we like ourselves and we're a bit,
1: uh, a bit too racist. Yeah, okay. they, it's, you'd be surprised how much feedback we get along those lines. It's yeah. a real shame that we have that uh, perception. And, you know, mm. unfortunately, some people have uh, done a hell of a lot to, to, uh, to earn that right. But, um, you know, as someone who comes from such a massive multicultural um, sort of background, you know, I, I mean, I know for a fact that my grandparents were... Anglo-Saxon Aussies back in the 60s. They welcomed my mother's family, Lebanese people, into their family, and, and there was never, ever... A hint of any racism in our family from my my nan-and-pop to my sit and Gideon on my Lebanese side just perfect mix married into an Italian family no problems whatsoever I never ever saw any of it in my entire life but I know that it exists out there and, and that's the thing that, that I hate about uh, the perception of some other countries around the world about this great country of ours um, which in some areas is correct but in so many areas that that they, they just you know we all get tarred with the same brush Yeah, and that's why I'm passionate about uh, the the uh,
2: impact that our uh, men's and women's senior uh, football teams can have on our brand in Australia. Um, You know, because a lot of people overseas, their only interaction with Australia is through our football teams at major tournaments. So um, they have a. Well, next time we go to Japan,
1: Edge, just make sure that they. You're going to come, Rob. I'm going to come one day. Just listeners, for all the listeners' sake, he's got an open invitation. I know. Have you been to Japan, Rob? Yeah, I have. Yeah. When I was, um, when you were no, in, when I he was, was in a trolley dolly. Yeah. Yeah, a flight attendant, air oh, really? fed, okay first class. Um, but uh, no, it's a great place, Japan. I just, yeah. Well, we haven't got enough time, a minute. It, but it's, a, but I was just going to say to you, Edge, well, next time we, you take a tour group, can you just send them with a uh, a glad garbage bag with them so that they can clean the clean stadium the right, like they do in, in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I remember you last time saying that um, that the entire stadium okay. in Sapporo was completely clean except except ours. our yeah, little Saitama. section. Yeah. Yeah, we're pigs compared to them. They, they clean up after them. It's fantastic, actually. Mm, right. I've
2: Thank got some know, gifts you. for you too, but I uh, left them at home. Uh, so <laughs> so I'll be, next week I'll, be, I'll become, no, no, the week after I'll be All bearing right. gifts because you're mm. not in next week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, true. Actually, I am going to take the weekend and have a little uh, romantic weekend for my wife's birthday heading up to uh, the Victorian uh, spa country. All right, gentlemen, that is Box to Box like another week. You a little bit of It yeah, is beautiful. Edge. I went to Dalesford last week. It's my a great place. Birthday. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, excellent. Edge, welcome back. Nigel, yeah. thanks for pressing the buttons. Well, Jude Rock, join us next week on Box to Box. We'll go from Monday to, to the.